minutes 38 remaining. They lead by 10 points. It's Fremantle's game to lose here. Sandaland's the big fist. Oh, look at that field. Somehow, Walter interchange bench and into his hands. Good evening, Juddy. How are you going? I'm doing well, Ben. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Good weekend of football, the early Sunday match. Uh, good stuff. It was, oh, no. um, b- before we even get into the game, how was the weekend? You know, it was the weekend of what they call it, the Richmond round, yeah. where, um, <laughs> where <laughs> everyone blew their lead, basically. Not their load, their lead. Yeah, I, very I nearly, nearly, nearly blew my load, but then Sonny Walters missed that goal. And it definitely shriveled. It was a weird round starting off on Thursday, which probably set the tone for it when somehow the Hawks got up. Sydney came from absolutely nowhere. Dogs got yeah, up by a point. They? Demons kicked the last three. Yeah, that was um, that was pretty crazy as well, wasn't it? Um, old Tom Sadly, McDonald. Tom McDonald's a, a well-renowned backman, kicked five goals, including the winner, while he had Jeremy McGovern, all 110 kilos or whatever of McGovern hanging off him. So it was pretty plum- good. The plumber. The plumber, yeah. He, <laughs> he would have a crack like a plumber. <laughs> but sadly for us, we were, we were involved in a tight game, but we were unfortunately on the receiving end of a two-point defeat. Ten goals, 14-74. Geelong took us down 11-6-72. Mm. Yeah, and it really came down to that, uh, that final minute or final ten seconds, didn't it? Yeah, um, it was disappointing. I was having a look at some of the stats. So for the match, total clearances was pretty even, 40 to 37. Uh, inside 50s, they had 57 to 47, which is sort of reflected by 24 scoring shots to 17, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they out-tackled us 106-84. But we did have the ball for a lot of the, lot of the game, um, besides that fourth quarter, so that makes sense. So overall, oh, as, much as, uh, as much as it pains me to say that a loss is, is good... Uh, this loss is pretty good. It didn't actually yeah. hurt that much at all. <laughs> um, if you listen to our predictions or what we were hopeful last week, we were hoping that I think we got to watch four quarters of football where the boys were putting in effort, you know, and were playing where we know that they can play at the level that we know. And I think that for large periods of the game, they were living up to our hopeful expectations. Oh, well, I think even before four quarters, we were hoping they'd rock up and the game wouldn't be over at quarter time. Little did we know that um, we'd be up at quarter time and, you know, um, or, yeah, I think we were up at quarter time. I can't remember. That's pretty good, isn't it? But, um, you know, yeah. we, we were well alive and then second and third quarters, you know, we, we really hurt them. Um, yeah. So, you know, if we were to say last week that we'd be happy with a good performance where they show guts, you know, they play young players, which they did. Um, you know, we stood up, we didn't take anything for granted. Then we can't be ha- uh, unhappy with, with that performance. Yeah, I think, as Lyon put it, proud but disappointed. And yeah. That probably sums it up pretty good. But you just touched on about the kids, looking at the list of the two debutants especially, who for you out of the young kids really well, helped us on the weekend? Well, I think the obvious one there is Big Darcy. 
Um, oh, yeah. Mummy Jr. Yeah, so 40 hit-outs. He had three or four clearances that I counted where he just bullocked his way in and got the ball and kicked it, you know, 20, 30 metres forward. Um, yeah, pretty much Mummy Jr. And he's, he's really shaping to be like that. They were saying that. But um, as soon as he gets, you know, two pre-seasons under his belt and gets some tank on him, um, you know, he'll be really good. Um, the other debutant, DeLuca, I thought, did some really creative things. He was quiet in the second half. I think he hurt himself, his ankle or something. Yeah. Um, but I he looks he... skillful. I, yeah. I kind of like the way he moves around the ground. He looks, he does, he looks for a first game, he, didn't, he looked at home. I tell you and... what, he plays like a player that's had to go through some things to get that game. So he's 22, yeah. I think. And yep. like a player that knows that he might not get another crack. Like he was rookie listed and he's only getting a yep. game, you know, out of necessity or almost. Um, so he's really playing with that desperation of a young but mature age recruit. Yeah, which was great to mm. see. Young guys like Tucker as well popping up, kicking three, 18 disposals. Yeah. Um, another guy, Cox, really impressed me. Um, yeah. Took, took six marks and a lot of them were, you know, intercepts or contested. 15 touches. He had eight hit-outs when he pinch hit in the ruck. Um, Blakely, been, been really impressed. Yeah. Well, look, Weller, I think. Blakely and Weller can probably um, split my best on ground. So, yeah. um, Weller, just his run, he was really prepared to take the game on. Even that last play, you know, he, he needed to get link up two or three times. Blakely, from that back roll, was really quite efficient with his kicking, which is something we've knocked him on. Um and a twenty seven touches. And then the old the old faithful Sonny um Sonny Walters, Neil, John O, Bradley Hill, Hamling, I thought were all really good. Yeah. When the team plays well, they just look when they play well they look so good. And it's just complete contrast when we go down by ten goals to Brisbane. But when they're up and about and running, players like we've alluded to before, they just look good. Yeah, it, it's it's a much different this year to last year. It's a much different um, look about the side, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, we can really we can feel the rebuild. Yeah. Um, particularly, okay. particularly when when they're on and they do those plays where you know link up hand passes come off and we get this yeah. running goal. There was one that Subin finished it off, but it just looked really good. Um, yeah. I think. Um, some other really good things. Oh, Bellas. He hasn't lost just, it, has he? <laughs> That's what I wanted to bring big up. Bo- coming, big boy Bellas. Coming out of his cage and feeling just fine. The Bus- rat Bellas. Bustling Bellas, you know, headbutton guys, left, right hand. Immediate um, impact. Oh, wasn't it? It was, you know, I think it was 40 seconds into the game or something like that. Quick side um, note yep. before we carry on. Um, should have been 50 metres. Joel Selwood. Walked himself off the ground, didn't go through the gates. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, that should have. Yeah, That's I think. 50. Yeah, it is. I think because he was concussed and jogging, they probably. I don't. I don't really care too much. He kicked the goal. No, he didn't. He missed it. Bloody Ballas. Um, yeah. <laughs> he kicked another. Note. Yeah, he kicked another. Yeah, fair enough. Um, interesting, uh, to say the least. He didn't come back on, so I probably cop not getting a fifty for not having to put up with yeah. it all day. That um, was a golden stat, the best stat you could get. The other thing was, I think, in terms of positives, you know, that's about as close as we can come to playing really well, building a winning culture, but not sacrificing draft picks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in this year where we're not going to be competitive in finals, 
might be pretty key to lose a few games by a few points, but put up a really good show against good teams. And I'm just stoked that there's no major movements to our percentage. I would just hate to see that. Well, I think we went up slightly. It's disappointing, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, not not the best. Um, there were a few negatives, though. Um, overall skill level still leaves a lot to be desired, um, yep. particularly these dodgy turnovers that we keep, keep making. Um, we only kicked two behinds in the fourth quarter, and it was scarily remnant of the... Uh, Richmond game, where I think the only goal we kicked was after the siren, and nearly happened the same way this time. So, I think we've got to get better at defending a lead by attacking, not by defending. Yeah, if that makes sense. It's dis- it is disappointing to think that all we had to do was kick one goal in the final quarter <laughs> yeah. to win the game. Like when you put it like that, it's pretty. Dis- I know there's a lot goes on in between, but when it's as simple as like you just, we literally need, we just need one more. Yeah. Um, I had a, a few is, mates in a group thread say, you know, guys I go to uni would say, oh, do you reckon they can hold on from here at three-quarter time? And I think my reply was... Um, just need one more. Tw- my reply was, 20 points is never enough if you're a, if you're a docker. And yep. it was more than accurate. <laughs> um, you know, I, my comfortable three-quarter time margin is six goals. I'm not comfortable unless yeah. we're six goals up. Um, I think the other thing was our inside 50s. It was flogging Again. a dead horse. Keep kicking it high to no one. Um, I think we really need to reward guys that are prepared to slow it down and look inboard. Um, slow it down, even kick short, hold it up, look inboard, look backwards. I'm happy if we keep the ball and don't move it as quick as we think we should. And I'm happy to cop supporters yelling, don't get backwards and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. If it means we're not just kicking into Lonigan and Harry Taylor and all these guys. They would have taken so we, mountains of intercept marks. Yeah, we, it was really good to see us correct it at quarter time, but we, we killed ourselves by only kicking one goal in that first quarter where we should have kicked more. And there yeah. was a, a, a breakdown between mids and forwards that I think I think that's kind of, for me, where the game, we that's where the, we cost ourselves the game. It was where yeah. we didn't capitalise, we didn't put scoreboard pressure. They got out the back twice with cheap ones. But we, we really deserved more on the scoreboard in that first quarter where we yeah. just weren't getting... It was great to see him correct it, but I thought we could have done more in that first quarter because we only kicked one goal. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think also um, comes into it is Kirsten's been really quiet, not really contesting, not really presenting, not really giving much. And yep. McCarthy's still finding his way after a lull of a couple of weeks or a month or so. So yeah. when those guys are out in the air and also on ground level, I think we don't have much to kick to, um, which yeah. is why a lot of our scores came from, you know, Sonny kicked two, um, Neil kicked one, Tucker kicked three, you know, yeah. all these, Ballers kicked two. So all these guys, you know, all the all our little guys are kicking all the goals. Um, and, you know, our big guys are sort of not really being very, very dominant. Um, no. I think um, I was chatting to... Uh, old mate Ducky, uh, shout out to Ducky and Oz from the Purple Rain. If you listen to us, you definitely listen to them. Um, we were talking about the final goal. I think Geelong kicked. It might have been the last one they kicked, where there was a big kick up to a pack at the top of their goal square. We had Spur, you know, Darcy. Or we had four or five guys fly for it. Obviously, the ball yeah. just dinks over the back, and I'm pretty sure Spurs man just runs into an open goal. We have to get smarter. Like, we don't need that many people going up for it. Um, 
and, and I think our response was that it's either everyone goes up or no one goes up and they get an easy mark. There's no like voice or communication or anything in some of those situations. So that'll come, but um, disappointing. Yeah, which is yeah, which is the, always the case in a two-point loss, but we take a lot of positives out of that. I think we take more positive than negatives moving forward. Yeah, 100%. Should we... Should we switch our attention now since we've probably got a few more negatives to get through in the old MRP? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. So this one... Right. Um, so. It's just come hot off the press, very contentious. Basha Hawley just got his suspension, not reduced, increased, but contested to a flat two weeks. Yeah, well, the big thing there is that... Um, the old, uh, <laughs> the old OJ Simpson has brought in uh, the OJ mm. Simpson defence. They brought in Waylead Ali to uh, give testimony to say that he's a good guy. Um, and who else did they bring in? Were you saying, mate? Malcolm Turnbull. None other than the Prime Minister. So I don't know yeah. what is going on in AFL. And Mark anymore. and Mark Williams was the third one. Mark Williams is in the coach or the player. Do you know what I mean? The Port Adelaide coach or the Hawthorne player. Remember, uh, remember, remember Shotgun Mark Williams? Yeah, I do remember Shotgun, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Um, uh, it was the coach as well, so they were his three character references. Oh, that's so weird, isn't it? Um, who knows? Yeah, so Choco Williams does coach at Richmond, I'm pretty sure. Um, Which is, to me, is just, it's pointless. It, it has is, absolutely nothing to do. It is absurd that those three could uh, To me, testify. they created the system, the clear-cut system of intentional, unintentional, high, medium, low, body, head, whatever, you know, they created this easy system. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, hang on. Like, imagine if poor bloody Benny Cousins went to tribunal. Like, who's he ringing up? Well, what I was thinking was, imagine if um, Barry Hall, when he knocked the crap out of Staker, got some character witnesses, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll take a few off because they said you're a good guy. It, yeah. It's it's pretty bad. Although I'm pretty sure the guy was on the last day of Ramadan and he was hangry as all <laughs> as all hell. That was um, a big hit. It was a huge, and he did look first. And I don't know if he meant to hit him in the head. He meant to hit him, but he did hit him in the head, and it wasn't like he was brushing him off. It so was, under their, <laughs> it's under ludicrous. Their grading, technically under their grading, if you are deemed intentional, high, and to the body. That's three weeks down to two, and he's intentional high into the head. Yeah, and it, he, it and should have been. Away with it two. should have been three or four. Yeah, um, it should. It should have been the fact it was still deemed intentional. Uh, it should have been four. It's it's ludicrous that they've given him two week. You know, not everyone can have that kind basically. of. Not everyone can have that kind of padding on their chins like like Hawley can. You know? <laughs> poor blokes out there. I heard he's got another fist underneath there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, it just, I don't know, I don't really want to get into it. It just screams of, you know, Waylaid Ali is talking about racism in his defense of him. I don't know what that's got to do with a punch in the face. Um, Really, I don't know, it just screams of the AFL trying not to, trying to tread tread on eggshells. It does. They're just treading on eggshells and there's no need to because everyone saw him do it. Everyone was thinking, oh, he's in trouble. Now he's had two weeks. So it'd be interesting thing is, imagine if, um, is it Jed Lamb? Who, who's the, it's Lamb, one of the Lambs. Um, imagine if he misses two weeks with a concussion. <laughs> like, is that fair? Yeah. Um, yeah. The other good gag I heard was that, um, obviously, Basha Hooli's Muslim. Um, 
everyone thought he didn't like pork, but now they now they know he doesn't like lamb either. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's just ludicrous. I don't know what what do we do? Are we MRP the MRP. I, I think so. I think we just well, extend our overpowering reach. And just yeah, I'll send, I'll send him a few letters. Why not? I should, we should send them like our loose guidelines. Guilty till proven guilty. <laughs> like, and, pr- and, and you get proven guilty very easily. I don't know. Apparently they've got a jury and I see no point in that. Yeah. Did you see, it was one of the funniest things I was reading. Did you see that, that um, the defense of Schofield in his case... It, like you can follow it live on the AFL website. And the defense yeah, yeah, was yeah. like, he's now showing the judge a photo on his phone, and he's like, and he's now passing his phone around the jury. And we're just like, it's probably just a sick meme that they're showing. Like it's not, it's not even related to the case. Like, oh, check this one out. Have you seen this one? The floor is a two-week suspension, <laughs> and it's just got Schofield's hovering. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, a bad week for them, but we got another big one. Yeah, so this... Un- yeah, you got another one? Sorry, go on. Are we going to jump in? I thought we were going to jump in because, unfortunately, we got to sanction ourselves. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, quickly before we sanction ourselves, I'll jump okay. into one. So this is related to our game. So someone... Oh, Ashley Brown's the reporter has written a um, basically a season summary and looking forward for the rest of the season for everyone in order to the latter. And for Geelong, he has he or she, I think it's a he, has written, um, so Cats are third. The Cats are have the at-home part of their club song locked away, but the far away part still needs some work, which is why Saturday night away to the Giants should be a beauty. No Joel Selwood could compli- complicate matters for the Cats, but then again, given what they accomplished on Sunday, what beating Frio uh, at home, they are now the new anytime, any place team of the comp. Now, firstly, the start of your thing, you said they've got the at home part ready, but the at far away part's not good. And the second part, you've said they're anytime, anywhere. Um, Mate, they won I'll tell you at what, home. The anytime. <laughs> Is anywhere, that not just ridiculous? Team. Oh, mate. The fact that we nearly beat them over there again. Yeah, I don't want to talk us down. But I mean, we're looking at a lot. Loss is a good positive, and you've just, you've just, you know, same team lost by Brisbane by ten goals in mm. Brisbane. So, yeah, look, I can't believe they're trying to ladder predict this year. I think they should just stop doing it. I know it's like an easy thing Ooh, to turn to. Yeah, it's going to be very just, hard to do that this year. I don't know why we did it. We shouldn't have done it. We're just setting ourselves up for suspensions. Yeah, not good, mate. Um, <laughs> well, should we? Well, uh, just quickly, Ashley Brown, I reckon. Um, it's intentional. He knows he's done it. It's uh, high impact. Uh, it's wrong. Uh, he should have a look at himself in the mirror, similar to Clayton Oliver. Um, mm. And I reckon three weeks up to four because you're not a good bloke. <clears throat> yeah. And We're not Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm Turnbull doesn't like you. No. 100%. Oh, we'll take them. We'll just disregard them. That's how, that's how we roll. <laughs> so the last <laughs> one that good. we have to go through is myself... And you were on trial, Juddy, for um, slandering out the great man himself. (laughs) (laughs) And who's that? I don't know. I forgot his name. Scott Gumbleton. (laughs) Big Gumbos. Big Gumby. So I've just posted up on the Facebook. Um, So 
Gumby has taken a huge hang um, playing for Banyul. I don't know where that is. Um, and there's a video of it, so somehow someone's gotten footage of it uh, and we've secured that footage. He probably texted it to us just because he knew we were bagging him as the third, third worst recruit we've ever had. Um, yeah. So he's taken a huge hand. Good on him that he's got his body right. And they won by 142 points that game. So the, ban, the, the Banyul, I don't know what they are. Matt, what do you reckon? The Banyul... Tigers. Tigers? <laughs> oh, <that was> pretty good. <laughs> Sounds good. But yeah, so we gave him a we gave him a clip and then he turns around and takes probably mark of the country league football greatest ever. Yeah, and good on him. I so like that. We'll give ourselves a clip on the ear. Yeah, that's fair enough. We're happy to cop it. Um no suspension though, just off with a warning, we'll say. Yeah, but speaking of speaking of the top threes. Should we move on to, to this week's and, and you could probably run us through where this top three came from? Yeah, so um, so in having a chat with Ducky, uh, he suggested that in light of Blakely wearing a glove and re-signing and everything like that, so Blakely wore a glove on the weekend apparently, I didn't even notice, but he did. How do you um, not notice? Uh, I was just watching his footy, mate. No wonder mate. he was so clean. Maybe the glove is why it kicks well. Ooh, you can't get conspiracy. it, you cannot hide... You cannot hide the glove. They stand out so well. So that's yeah. why this week we're going through top so gonna, three. Well, top three most memorable people that wore a glove. Yeah, not necessarily greatest players. No, or sometimes they might be okay. But um, just a little side note, I um, in Colts, so I was about 18, um, broke my finger or hand or something like that and... Um, the doctor, the sports doctor was like, oh, maybe just wear a glove, just might give you a bit more support. And um, I, I'm pretty sure he said that. I'm not sure if I just wanted to wear one because I thought it would be awesome. Anyway, I went and got one and old mate Smokey Bear, Trent Smoker, who was one of the assistant coaches at Uni Footy Club, just looked at me and said, Jaddy, I used to like you, but you're wearing a glove, mate. <laughs> <laughs> like pretty much gave me my last warning and he was like, don't do anything else to piss me off. <laughs> So I slowly took it off. I think I left it in the change room. Smokey On Bear's that note. Smokey Bear's a good guy. So people who aren't afraid to wear their glove on the field, top three, who comes in as your number three? Uh, so my number three is a little bit of a strange one. I used to love watching this guy. He played for the Demons. Um, mm. And his name, he, I, I reckon, I don't know if BT was commentating that much. I reckon BT oh. would have had a field day with, with his name. Um, and it was Adam Uze. So, uh, you know how he used to soccer goal everything. Um, yeah, he's pretty much like a striker. Um, yeah, he had an oh, awesome haircut as well. He was a mad dog. He was a good yeah. like naughties player, wasn't he? And the long sleeve as well, didn't he? Don the long sleeve. Oh, always, yeah, always. He was one of those guys, and a glove. So um, just to make that sleeve a little bit longer, maybe it was all part of the sleeve. Maybe he's a false a inclusion. Um, but Adam Uze is my number three. All right, well, kicking my list off at number three, more of a contentious one, this one, when Collingwood got up against GWS on the back of Travis Cloak's right glove, the, uh, the Spider-Man <laughs> sticky, style. Apparently he could climb walls with it. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I remember they banned it, didn't they? Yeah, it was. Well, apparently that was yeah that was what the contentious thing was, banned glove, super sticky, and he doesn't mark the ball that often. I think what? he kicked a few goals that game. It was what, were you, what were you saying about old mate Matt Thompson? 
Uh, Matt Thompson. Currently serving went, suspension. Yeah, he went on the footy show, grabbed a soccer ball, went to palm it like they do the basketball, where you try to hold it with your hand above and just hold it with one hand. Couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Put the put the glove on, could could do that himself, and then could bounce it and do it again. And catch and it. Still be, and catch it and be palming it. Maybe like, that's it was why crazy. Travis Cloak had a decline. It would have been around that time that they banned the glove and then he's basically dropped off the perch, hasn't he? Oh, mate. Yeah, definitely don't bring it back. Um, <laughs> yeah, good. I like that one. Uh, so my number two is... Um, I always thought he was a wanker. It was Warren Treadway. Treadway? Ooh. He used to love the glove. Uh, and he had the weirdest balding head. So, sort of reminded yeah. I don't know what it was. Um, but do you remember against... Um, oh, I forget who they were playing, but it was an 07 uh, in a prelim when he took that bow to the crowd. And then the next week he came out and they lost by 117 points yeah. in a grand final. It was the biggest grand final oh. loss ever. I remember um, watching that one. Yeah, I was at that game actually with Rob Dog. Um, I think I had a bit of money on on old Geelong, which was good. Um, yeah, they got yeah. poor Trevor. Um, no, not poor. Don't bow. <laughs> Take a bow now, bud. Take that glove off. Well, another one, an infamous player that comes in at my number two, big bad bustling Glenny Archer. Who suits oh, yes. a glove to a T. Mate, he nearly had the boxing gloves on recently when he uh, jumped the fence at his son's under-13s game, whatever it was. Did he? Yes. Didn't you hear about this? So he jumped the nah. fence. Apparently, there was a scuffle and the boundary umpire got involved or something like that, which was like the other team's boundary umpire. And he pushed Ooh. he pushed a player in the head, which I think was Archer's son. Archer jumps the fence and comes over <laughs> And then, now he's been charged with assault, I think. Um, he reckons he didn't do anything. But, yeah, he's. this has all happened this week. Well, it happened a, lot of, a lot of witnesses at those kinds of events. Yeah. I, I, if I was Glenn Archer, I'd be, that'd be the last thing I'd be wanting to do is jumping the fence because, you know, the guy used to smack people around on the field. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that's a good one. Topical number two. Very topical. Um. So I think we can probably just agree on number one, but let me know what you reckon. Um, or you might have another one involved. Um, the big Q-stick. So oh, yeah. <laughs> the big Q-stick, how he used to... Uh, didn't he buy it from Bunnings or something? He's, yeah, it was like not even it. a real... And then he used to throw it and the crowd would get involved. It was like WWE wrestling, man. Oh, um, yeah, wasn't a it? lot of theatre. Um, I did like the glove throw. Shout out to Jared, my roommate. He actually has, he bought it off eBay. He's got like a standard, <laughs> a standard portrait size photo of Quinton Lynch size, uh, signed. I think he got it for like $14. So, <laughs> With the glove? He's got, he, no, he's got the glove off because he's having a shot for goal. It's like a big, um, him after uh, he kicks it, I like big leg it. I thought you meant he bought the glove on eBay. Nah, not for 14 bucks. That thing would be priceless. I'll tell you what that would be. That would be at Ricky... That glove is at Ricky Nixon's store. <laughs> it would be now that he's, he was at Pies, eh? Hey? That's where it belongs. Yeah. Hopefully Adam Uze's is there too. And his long sleeve. No, that can definitely get number one. And his haircut. Yeah. Very good. And yourself? Well, I went for... Because when I was looking it up and looking for players, they had a guy by the name of Tony Campbell who used to play for Footscray who was considered the pioneer of the glove. He wore two gloves 
in, in a match which wasn't done often back then and he was quoted as saying that it helped him mark and spoil and punch the ball further. <laughs> and that was his extra, quote. Extra power for the punch. I'm not sure what, how. I didn't have photos of his glove. I assume it's like a little steel-plated. Oh, it has springs on it or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but nice. Yeah. I like that. Oh, very good. Um, and then, of course, current players wearing a glove. Old uh, Blakely would have to yeah. be up there. Well, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he can wear the glove every week. Oh, he can wear whatever he wants, mate. He can wear a headband. Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe, he should, it, yeah. maybe he should wear a headband. Yeah, I like that. Um, all right, very good. Um, well, I think we've had a few um, bad upsets given the round. Um, for our Ruffy Club, which we yeah. can have a chat about. Yeah, um, for the first time in a long time. Yeah, so we were close. We nearly we nearly raked it in. The bookies were trembling, as they'd say. Um, but I had the Ruse over the Dogs at $2.90. You had the Bombers over Sydney at two eighty, and both lost it in the last minute, basically, or last yeah. five seconds if you're, if you're Essendon. Yeah. Um, and I think I didn't watch the Ruse, but apparently they had a chance. Did you see it? I don't know. No, I apparently it was, was a draw. It was a draw for a long period of time there as yeah, well. Yeah, okay. Calling the draw. And then there was that thing with Higgins getting run down on the mark. It was the same thing as uh, Charlie Dixon, where they count, yeah. they clocked him out. That's pretty stupid. How about the umpire blows his whistle when there's five seconds left? How about we stop like setting players up to get because yeah, he got if he got down. injured. That's the only thing that stops that rule changing is because he didn't get injured. He could have been. String out. I was still walking in like he was having a set shot. Oh man, he got smoked. Yeah, I think that umpire needs to just, like like they do around the ground. They blow their whistle, say move it on, and then they say play on. How about we do that mm-hmm. for goals? No, no, no. <laughs> it's not that no, hard. No, no. That too no, much sense. Don't enforce common sense. No. Yeah, that's true. Uh, not from you, the men in lime green. You don't really. Yeah, that's 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 very true. Um, look into this week. Getting in on the roughies, helping the people out with their tips. People have got to climb up the ladder. Who you got? I am going to go out on a limb. I'm, on I a reckon, lamb? I, on a Jed lamb. On a Tom lamb. The Eagles. <laughs> um, I'm going to rec- I reckon that Essendon are going to be reeling after that loss. I reckon Goddard was tipping over pretzels all over the place. There's going to be no <laughs> pretzels left. And I reckon... Brisbane are a shot to not to knock them off at seven dollars. Yeah, um, that's big odds. Yeah, I couldn't go past it. I don't think Brisbane were that bad. I don't know who they played. They may not know. They would have played. There's no bias. They were. They must have been so good that I didn't watch. <laughs> um, but Brisbane are better than I think they were, and Essendon are hopefully Essendon are hopefully vulnerable. That's the ultimate roughie, isn't it? Seven yeah. bucks. But how about the Dockers? If we had to go on the Dockers at $11, that's rowdy. Yeah, or Dockers on the line plus 60. I did get on that, to be honest. <laughs> I chucked 20 a... on it. So I, my reasoning was so that I'd have something to cheer for later in the game. Uh, <laughs> in the end, I came in 58 points clear. It's a technic, kind of the Dockers one. Yeah, well, they beat the spread. Um, who are you going to go? Well, it's a tough week this week. There's a lot of close matches for those people tipping. Uh, sympathy goes out to you, but I am getting on Sydney. They're only, I think they're two dollars. They're only paying two dollars, but I think against Melbourne, Melbourne are going in favourites at a dollar eighty. 
I, I think those odds... That's right. I think they're just over two bucks, yeah. I think the odds are around the wrong way, to be honest. I think... Melbourne are pretty hot at the moment. I don't know. Yeah, coming off a big travel to... Come yeah. all the way here, Jake. I was having so, a, bit, a good mate of mine is a D supporter, and um, and we were having a big argument about how um, you know, I was like, I think it came up that the Dockers and the Eagles with the new C uh, collective bargaining agreement get um, business class flights across to the Eastern States, like they get twelve per flight or whatever, sort of included, yeah. um, and. And I was saying how, yeah, look, that's a good start, but, you know, they still have to do it every second week and it's pretty unfair in terms of travel. And he was like, oh, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, and then I looked at the draw and the Demons play, I think, five away games or six and two of them were because they sold a game to Alice Springs and then they sold a game somewhere else. <laughs> like, yeah. So they're getting paid to play away twice and even then... Um, they're still playing four or five less travel games, and then Mate, they like over, Melbourne team still suck about it. Come mm. over to the Dockers, get heaps of velocity points. Yeah, I imagine a lot of those players are gold members, which I am oh. at the moment now, which is awesome. Oh, living yeah. the lifestyle, Juddy. Mate, so that's why I need to come to Perth so I can keep gold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on, we've gone through pretty much everything we wanted to cover. Yeah, but let's we'll have a chat to... about St Kilda. Yeah, look to the predictions and things we want to see. Jump onto the crystal ball, Juddy. Well, I think that Nathan Fife, Aaron Sanderlands, and Ed Langdon hopefully will all get up. Yes. Um, meaning that we can drop Subin. Um, we can drop. Who else was a crab? Who does Sandy come in for? Yeah, it's a tough tough one at the selection table. Yeah, let's have a look. Who else is this one? Maybe let's give um, Kirsten a run in the twos and Sandy comes in for him. Um, You could spice things up like that. I reckon Twin Towers it. So Sandy's in the ruck, Darcy's forward and swap. Just have a bomb target there. We're doing it anyway. Why not just leave one one there? Mate, Um, stick him in there, water him, fertilise him, see if he'll grow anymore. Um... So, Subin for Langdon, or maybe Sheridan for Fife, and um, and then Kirsten for Sandlands. And I reckon three changes is good, bringing those three back in. Yeah, I think Sheridan and... Um, bit of youth, bit Ser- of leadership, yeah. Sheridan and Subin are probably the obvious ones. It, and this is depending, making sure everyone gets up, so there's no, you know, no niggles or injuries, so people get yeah. up for the next game. But I think they're reasonable changes. The other interesting thing is that Harley Bunnell's only sort of one to two weeks away from Waffle. The old Harley Globetrotter. Oh, let's hope. Let's hope some prayers. <laughs> well, Hope some prayers forward. for the baby cows, mate. Oh, definitely. be great to see him running around. But looking forward to all the boys this weekend, hopefully hurting a little bit and coming out and really firing. Because St Kilda are a good outfit when they yeah, get Yeah, they can be good. They had a scrappy game. Um, which is good. They're not coming off form, really. They're just coming off a win. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably a little bit different to previous weeks. We don't want to see um, just effort this week. We sort of want to see them build on last week. So yeah, you don't want to waste last week. We had a loss. No. You know, we put in so much effort. We nearly had them. We had things to improve on. You don't want to come lost out this week and do a Brisbane. Lost four in a row. Mm. Which yeah, exactly. Is- 
which hurts the supporters. So I think we're looking for looking for a win, and it'd be good to win against St Kilda, who are a young side considered on a similar path of rebuild. Mm. Just to put out, it'll be a good little you know a team around us that they're good to be. Yeah, and we'll have to be you know pretty careful in terms of their forward line when they get up and running. Like if we let them run free in the midfield, then they'll be pretty yep. hard to stop. But if you put a bit of pressure on them. Um, then they won't be able to get it there. So they're a fast-moving, free-flowing side. If you get pressure on them, it'll slow them down and they'll break down. So if we play with that sort of pressure we did against Geelong, then pretty pretty bullish, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think the odds are probably relatively even. I think it's about a dollar eighty, dollar ninety for Frio and a bit more for St Kilda being away. Um, but we'll wait and see. Um, hopefully... Yeah, hopefully it's it's a repeat of last week's game, more or less effort-wise. Yeah, we hope they show up in the same way. We look forward to the, the spectacular 2.40 Sunday afternoon Dockers time slot. Oh, the home of the Dockers, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, which will be good. Um, I actually, uh, on Sunday, have a big run to do, and I'm glad it's the Sunday, not the Saturday, because I can have a few froth monsters while I'm watching it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah... Hopes and prayers, not only with Benel's calf, but with Juddie's whole body um, <laughs> on Sunday running the full 42Ks. Oh, the whole Dork Talk community will be behind you, Juddie. Thank we'll, you. I feel the, the support and the love. We can't wait to reconvene next week and go through the game, hopefully with the four points, but also we will definitely touch base on the 42 kilometres. Yeah, well, I don't know. If I, if I make it, I'll, um, I'll put a little shout out. That I'll do my hail Mondays and my owl pavs. Um, <laughs> anyone that follows Frio Dokers will understand what I mean. All right. Well, that's probably us for this week. It's been good, mate. All right. Thank you, Jody, for joining us, and we'll see you all next week. See you later. <laughs>